Today is Monday, April 6, 2020, and you're listening to Corona TV land. It's Juan Huevos. This is Corona Toast. This is our sixth official episode. Big 666. Shit is getting serious out there, y'all. Uh, I hope y'all are being safe. Hope y'all are taking care of yourself. And I hope y'all are staying the fuck home. I'm definitely worried. I think some of y'all are hanging out too much. I think you're kicking it with people. You know, like, I see couples and I'm like, okay, y'all feel safe around each other, but are y'all quarantined together? I think a lot of y'all are not, man. I think y'all are hanging out with your significant other who's out in the world doing shit. And y'all be getting together thinking that y'all are safe because y'all been around each other. Y'all are co-mingling. But you ain't thinking about where that person's been. At least you're not thinking hard enough. Think about it this way. Remember back in the day when you were getting sex education when they used to say something along the lines of the only safe sex is abstinence, that's how I'm feeling about this coronavirus shit. It's like, you know, you be out with your little masks and gloves on and, you know, that's just a condom. That's just a condom. You can still use it wrong. You still have a hole in it. You can still get the herpes from skins rubbing on skins. Or say you're having, you know, you're having contact with a, a quote unquote partner and you have a discussion about where y'all been and you feel safe. Yeah, you feel safe, but you still might be making a terrible mistake. Y'all got to be abstinent. Y'all got to be at the crib. Stay away from each other. People are out here dying. And speaking of which, I'm just trying to be a beacon of light out here in a world of darkness. I'm not making fun of this shit. I'm not making fun of y'all. I'm not making fun of people dying. I'm not making fun of any of this shit. I'm just trying to do a little bit of laughing to keep from crying. Today's the second anniversary of my dad dying, and I'm sad as fuck about it. But I'm glad that he's not here having to deal with all this shit, living with the fear of what's to come, worrying about his family, me being worried about him, wanting to protect him. But yeah, shit is real. And this isn't a joke to me, but we're still out here to try to have a good time because we can't be suffering every second of every day. We got to try to keep our heads up. Got to try to laugh a little bit, try to have a little bit of fun while we still can. Today's guest... You might know him from the love language. You might know him from some other shit that he's done that I can't think of right now. You might just know him as a man about town. He's been living in Los Angeles, but he's back here in North Carolina. We took some time to catch up. He's got a new album out under the name Dry Spells, which uh, I really SSD over. But what can I say? 
I really liked it. Be sure to check that out. We'll have a link in the show notes. It's also got a new project with Al Riggs called Criswell Brushes. We'll have that linked up in the uh, in the notes as well. There might be a new song out uh, today, as a matter of fact. So check that out. We got a lot of audio. Stu and I hadn't talked in a while. We talked for uh, actually over an hour. Um, so there's probably going to be a bonus episode with some additional audio coming out sometime here in the next week. But for now, take it how it is. Tune in and tune out. Maybe eat a tuna sandwich. All right, I am talking to Stu McLamb coming to you live from Yo. Cary, North Carolina. What is, right. what is good, my dude? <laughs> What's up? What's up? Welcome back to North Carolina. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's weird. I guess, you know, we're in the middle of some, some weird shit, but we're all pushing through. How, obviously, when you made the plans to move back, it was before all this shit happened. So, like, how long were you back before you were like, oh, shit? So, the timing was was kind of crazy. Like, I came back with some plans that I'll, I'll tell you about later. But the first thing was Mike Dillon. <laughs> Why is it always? It's always Mike Dillon. It's always Mike Dillon. And always, still, 10 years later. Yeah. Um, he had his bachelor party at Atlantic City and New York um, the first weekend of March. So right when I got back, I went up to Atlantic City gambling and casinos and in New York. And the reason I'm saying all this is okay because it's been, you know, a month since then. And like, luckily, no one showed any symptoms or had has had anything yet. But that was fucking, that was crazy. It was like right when I got back, we went up there. And it was like right when like you kind of knew this was creeping up, but we weren't too concerned. Like I remember we took like hand sanitizer. We were like kind of careful you know but i'm surprised like, y'all were that y'all were that prepared yeah maybe the hand sanitizer saved us or like, <laughs> the, like all the shit we drank at a bachelor party i mean it was fun man looking back on it i'm glad that we got to sort of rage one last time in new york i don't know how long this is all gonna last but but the good news is yeah everyone's fine that went on the trip but so anyways i moved back um yeah there's this these guys um charles crossingham and John Whitley, I had been talking to them about recording an album and the conversations just sort of ramped up into even just more like, like long-term plans, like business plans. So what started with, and I like these guys are not, they're like, not like in the scene so much, but they've, they've been friends since they were like childhood friends since they were like eight working on music. John's a total whiz with like he gets this vintage gear and fixes it up. Anyways, like I went over and we recorded some stuff with them. We headed off. The type of stuff I was recording at the time was very like kind of folk kind of stuff for like the, the love language record. So it all made sense. I wanted to record with them. And then um, we just started making bigger plans about like going in, maybe like building a studio up. Um, Charles wanted to help me with some like uh, I, I was DJing out in LA, like doing weddings and events. He wanted to help me get that going. So we were just talking about all these plans and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna move back. Like this seems like a good, like open invitation. You wanna get involved, help out, you know, my band, I'm from North Carolina. All these things kind of lined up and I was like, LA is rad, but it's like, it's, I've, it's, I've done it the time here. And this seems like the door opening is back home. So I'm gonna follow that. So, you know, so I decided to come back and then, just all this shit hit, man. So like 
things are definitely like on hold for a little bit. Okay. Well, so you were living in Los Angeles. Do you remember that? I mean, I don't know if you remember that I'm actually from Los Angeles. I lived there till I was 10, but you, that's right. That's right. You may recall that I went back out there in 2014 and was there for about six months. So I wanted to ask you what, what was your favorite part of living in LA and what was your least favorite part? The cons are like, you can't ever find a parking space or you, you made some plans to go out and you like are driving around for like 45 minutes, just trying to park or making plans with people was like, you know, you really, you can't just be like, what's up, let's hang. It's like, you got to put it in the calendar, you know, you got to like, everything's very like scheduled out. And it's like, you got to date somebody that's in your exact, uh, neighborhood. Like your exact neighborhood. Yeah. Or you know how many times people were like, send you a text. They're like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm like flying into LA for a couple of days. It's always like LA. And you're like, that's like saying like, I'll be in the triad. You're like, okay, we'll try to meet up. And you know, it just never happens. It's just so spread out. I mean, um, it's expensive. Um, that it's it is dirty, filthy. I mean, like, yes. my, Gross. I'm going to get into the, I'm going to get into the good stuff. We're going to get all the bad stuff out. But yeah, I remember like just cleaning off like a table where I had my grill like outside and just like wiping it down to like, I was cooking some burgers or some shit, you know, and I was just cleaning it off and it was just like thick black soot, you know, from just like a month. Well, you know, we're spoiled because I mean, if you want to compare, if you want to say like both Cary and Chapel Hill, both here in North Carolina, oh, yeah. very clean cities, very yeah. clean. So to go to just like a Walgreens in LA, I'm like, man, this place is disgusting. There's like oh, shit yeah. all over the floor. There's like a cardboard yeah. <laughs> cutout of, of like some person and it's just like laying on the ground. Like the pharmacy yeah. has like <laughs> bars on it. But you start to love that stuff. We can get to the positive. It has its own charm in LA. You start to get used to it. Well, you know what my, what my favorite thing about LA was you can be anybody and you can wear anything. Like I could roll out of the house in like the most oh, wild yeah. stuff where I felt like if I walked, you know, if I walked down the street in Carborough, someone would be like, damn, look at Wavos, man. He's a bitch. Or, you know, he's oh, look, yeah. at, look at him. Why is he wearing those tight sweatpants or like whatever? You know, it's like I felt like in L.A. like I could literally put on any. You could walk down the street in a bathrobe and someone would be like, yeah. damn, who's that motherfucker? I mean, you'll stand out if you walk out and like khakis and like a, a plaid shirt right, right, LA, right. That's right, people are like who the fuck is it it's a great place to be a freak man yeah i mean you know like a true melting pot i mean you you just meet people from literally all over the world with all this moving and stuff you know i felt like this was you you're you a man of a lot of new beginnings i would say um yes and i wanted to ask you so i really started out like yo 2020 is gonna be my year i spent 2019 um Super duper heartbroken, still getting over the death of my dad, not really just mm. be, not really being about shit, you know, like just not getting anything done. And I was feeling really good about 2020. And I started out strong. And, you know, some of what I started out with has, has kept me going, you know, even at this point. But I just want to know what your approach was going into 2020. Like, did you feel like, yo, 2020 is going to be my year? Yeah, I think I feel like a lot of people. Yeah, we're feeling like that. I yeah, think so it was too. Like this excitement, and I mean, and it's not just obviously this. It's putting brakes on everything. Every you know, that's the thing. No one's alone in this like hiccup. It's like we're all going through it. So I mean, there's still a way. I feel like you can make it your year. I mean, it's definitely like a good time to to create. <laughs> you know, it's like it all threw me for a loop. I had a lot of plans to go in and record this album in like a proper studio and. 
you know, Charles, he lives with his wife. They're really kind. He, he like, he knew I took a lot of faith leaving LA and I had like my the job out there and things set up to come back here. And I think he felt a little like he shouldn't have, he's not responsible for a pandemic, but he felt like a responsibility. Like I came here and things got thrown off and he offered that I could like stay with them. And he's been so kind, but I ultimately just decided to, to stay with my folks for a while. You know, I felt kind of self-conscious about it as at being 39 years old and like I have my folks, but it was also just like shit's fucking real right now. And, and I, I'm looking at it as like, it's a real positive, like we're hanging more and like, I'm reconnecting with them in ways that I haven't. Dude, it's very positive, man. Yeah, um, I'm as... doing the dishes. I'm doing my dishes. <laughs> yes, and... yes. Do you have chores? Do you have chores? Yeah. <laughs> they need to give me more chores, but I, I, I'm doing the dishes. And Do you have an allowance, though? Oh, I'm just I'm just taking a little bit out of the wallet, you know, when they go to bed, you know. Nice. Are they no, asleep right now? No. <laughs> um, no, they're I don't know what they're doing. Watching a movie. OK, so they're up and you're you're in your old childhood room. This is, yeah, it's kind of true. So I just set up my monitors and, and stuff and I've been, I've been staying busy, man. I've got a couple projects I'm working on and doing some mixes for people. I wanted to segue into this Dry Spells album. Dude, I love this record so much, man. I mean, I I listened Thank to you. it today uh, while I was jogging. It was great running music. I was fucking high as shit, which, you know, probably helped. But the biggest compliment that I feel like I can give you is the fact that it's really hard for me when I listen to local music. Like when I listen or we we don't even need to call it local. When I listen to music that's by somebody that I know personally, you know what I mean? It's hard mm-hmm. for me to to take away that element. So as I'm listening to it, there's always a part of me that's like, I know this person. This is my friend. I it's it's kind of harder for me to to maybe take the lyrics at face value because I'm actually imagining the person who sang them. Whereas like you know a lot of music that I listen to, where I don't know the people, like there there's none of that like looming over over yeah. the, over it. But when I was listening to this to the Dry Spells album today, man, I I didn't even feel like I was listening to a friend. I felt like I was just listening to a band. And, Hell yeah, that's um, that's sick. That's a sick compliment, Thank dude. You. It was it was great, man. I just was really like there was a moment where I was jogging, and then I was like, oh, oh fuck, that's Stu. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I didn't, I, I didn't real, I wasn't thinking about the fact that it was you the whole time, and that's when I realized like just how much um, I like that shit. I wrote down a couple notes, and I brought the record up on my phone. I don't know if I'm gonna look at it. Let's see what what notes did I write down? I wrote, uh, forgot I was listening to a friend. Um, a couple of bands that uh, I was reminded of. I don't know if you ever heard of this group, The Editors, before. No. Or uh, John John Mouse. You ever fuck with any John Mouse? Oh yeah, like love some John Mouse. Yeah, yeah. man. I mean, dude, Mouse. this shit was so was so eighties. You know, um, I felt like, uh, bro. You know, I can hear all that typing, bro. But I can edit that out. You know what I just wrote? I just typed the editors down. I'm oh, just, oh I'm just nice, nice. Nice. I'm just taking notes. Dude, yeah, check them out, bro. Um, I love them a lot. I, I forgot that it's like got to be the loudest typing because I think the mic's right on my Oh, yeah, man. I can no hear one's... every little every little ting ting that you're doing. I wrote down, I think it was during maybe the third or fourth song, I wrote down U2 at 19. Because I was like, man, this is got this is like U2, like if they didn't suck, you know? If they were like kind of like young and punk, but like kind of U2-y, you know? Um, I was feeling sick. that. I wrote, okay. Oh, you know what else? <laughs> 
you know what I wrote down? I wrote I wrote that despite all the stuff I just said to you about um, not feeling like I was listening to a friend, I still wouldn't be able to bang to it, though, because I would still <laughs> it would be like you were in the room with me. That's another problem. But I wanted to tell That's a story. That's why I put those instrumentals. That's why I put those two yes. instrumentals Okay, on I'll just have to have those on a perpetual loop. One time I was at a Future Island show with a girlfriend. This was in like 2012. And she looked at me during the set and she was like, let's bang to this later. And I was like, like <laughs> I was like, no way, dude. I'm not letting Sam in my in, in the room when <laughs> we fuck. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's Sam yeah. <laughs> here. <laughs> exactly, like, nah. man. Could not yeah. could not have that happen, man. But um I guess I've been rambling, but dude, great record. Is there anything that um that you want to say about it? I know you wrote some like, you know, some posts about it where you talked about it, but what's yeah, something no. what's something I mean, that you, you know, want to say about it that you haven't actually said on the internet yet? Well the cool thing has been the reaction. I think I was like I didn't know it was because it was like different for me, but so the, the most interesting about that record is that the night before I put it out, if you would have asked me if I had a record of what I was working on, I wouldn't have even mentioned it. I wouldn't even know. It was literally like an overnight decision of these demos I had that I'm not, I'm not bullshitting. It was like, I, I did like master it the next day and kind of like put some little like sick, the little like sequencing and like, and stuff to make it flow. But as far as like those tracks, I was just sitting on them and just like, I don't know. That's how like sometimes I am as a as an artist is like I won't know I got shit, and then I'll hear it in another way, and I'll be like, oh, okay, I got shit. It's like I don't know if like I'm too hard on myself or like that dry spells shit was like I thought I had like five songs and that I was gonna like retract vocals to, you know, and like and then there's just something about like when this quarantine was hitting, and I don't know. I just kind of like I feel like I need to like put some shit out. And then I went and listened and I was like, this is a record. And then I just, and you did all that. You did that. all. You did the, the whole thing by yourself. Yeah. It was done over like a year. So it was, start, it started like a year ago or something in LA. And then that this track three, um, that is the quarantine dream track was done here. Like the day before I put the record out, I, I kind of did that. So you track actually did here. that track. Just, you didn't just uh, like yeah, take I'm a like, track and give it a quarantine theme name just to make it relevant. You actually made that. Yeah, I know. I was a little self-conscious, like, it's like I'm cashing in. And then I think a friend, I, I, I didn't title the record. And then it was like, I kind of did the Kanye thing where, like, I put it out. And then I did some, like, little subtle edits. <laughs> but, but like, a friend was like, you got to name it Quarantine Dream or whatever. And I was like, that's cool. But, um, yeah, it was kind of slowly done over a year. And I, it just kind of all made sense at the end. But the weird thing is, like, I was, I was writing it living with my ex in LA, uh, Megan, shout out glassy. We're still, we're still tight. We're still what up buds. girl. What up? By the way. So when you say living with my ex, right? Like was she your ex at the, had y'all broken up when y'all were living together? No, we were living together and together, yeah, but, um, gotcha. but she would go work. She worked at, uh, Sh- Shopify. Oh shit. Yeah. Was, she got a, she had a good job out there. And so she'd go kind of do like a nine to five thing. And I'd, I'd just be working on music like in inside and it's LA, you know, it's like sunny LA and it's always gorgeous. And I'd always feel sort of like a little guilty for like not getting enough sun. So like a lot of the songs, there's this sort of lyrics about being stuck inside and like being in rooms and shit. And so it was just weirdly all fit. Like it was kind of one of, you ever have like songs that make sense later? It's more for me, you know, I write very much in the moment. I'm like, man, I'm mad about this shit right now. Let me go write a song about it. So it always makes sense for me in the moment. But for me, the thing (laughs) is the 
the sort of like time capsule element, which all music, I think for all musicians, you know, it's a mm-hmm. time capsule. And I go back and listen to the stuff, not trying to get like too heavy, but I listen to some of the stuff that I wrote when I had cancer. And I listen to some of the stuff mm-hmm. that I wrote, you know, during certain breakups and like that shit is moving, like especially the cancer shit. And like, I didn't, I wasn't making like a big deal out of that stuff when I was writing the songs, but like just to be reminded of what my mind state was, you know, during a hard time, like, oh, so many years ago, it's really moving for me, probably more than it would be for anybody else who listens to it, you know, even if they know what it's about, it's like, I hear that shit. And it's like a real gut punch. Cause I'm like, damn, bro. Like, that's how I was living at that time, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah, man. But all this stuff is a time capsule. And you even said something along the lines of like, you know, I was, you were mad or you were whatever. I mean, I can't remember what you wrote, but, um, Dude, just just a great just a great record. Um, I know you also got a project mm-hmm. um, with Al Riggs. Uh, I, I'm a fan of what Al Riggs does. Every time I see Al Riggs, Al Riggs doesn't know doesn't know who I am. They don't ever <laughs> they don't ever acknowledge me. We've played shows together. Uh, every time I, I go to a place where Al Riggs is working, they they ask for my ID. You know, <laughs> I, I feel like uh, whenever I see Al Riggs, I feel like I'm in high school and like a cool kid like doesn't doesn't know me but like i feel like should and it always like breaks my heart when that um, would always be the baristas that uh open eye i'm like <laughs> i'm like yo kate thompson you were in my band for like five years why are you like she's like, like what do you want me to write on your cup <laughs> <laughs> shout out to kate thompson who doesn't know who you are by the way i have some sound bites yeah. i have some sound bites we're gonna come back we're gonna come back to that but i have some sound bites um just for you um, uh, let, okay. I don't even remember what's on these pads. Let's see what we got here. Hashtag the stew. I thought maybe we could start calling <laughs> you the stew. Hashtag <laughs> the stew. The stew. How do you hear this typing? That's me registering the stew.com. I feel like just yeah. now you were, you're just, <laughs> you weren't even typing. You were just doing that thing in like in movies where they're like, yeah, let me look that up real quick. And they're like, and they just start tapping like random keys. Like so I'm always F J D K L. Yeah. Think about you using your computer, right? Think about you looking something up on your computer. The majority of it is the mouse, right? It's not the fucking keyboard. You might type like one thing in Google, but then it's all click, 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 click. Yeah. But I watch it. SVU all the time. And they're always like, oh, let's look up that criminal. And it's just like, clickety, 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 clickety. And like, they don't even touch the, the mouse or the trackpad. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing works like that, you know? Like, let's just, but let's imagine that moment though. But then it's just like a really slow mouse scroll. Like that would be hilarious. <laughs> right. I know. But like, that would be, that would be, uh, that would be real. Hey, let's get a soundbite from you. Um, say, uh, say, hey, Wavos, I'm on the case. And then frantically uh, do some typing. Hey, Wavos, I'm on the case. <laughs> yes, bro. That was amazing. Okay. Um, so let's go back. So you have a project with Al Riggs. Uh, what's it yes. called? You just dropped a song or two. What's going on All with right. that one? So yes, me and Al, it's, it started, we got together to try to write some stuff together. Like, I don't know, maybe around a year ago, I came back, nothing really came out of it, but we've just been in touch. And I think they just send me, sent me some, uh, some lyrics and they kept checking in. I was like, what's up? You know, I sent it like a week ago. What's up? What's up? I'm like, sorry. And it just took me forever to kind of like actually dig in. And then as soon as I opened it, I was just like, damn, you know, um, they got away with words and was just able to write pretty quickly. Like these two songs that were just sort of like me singing my chords and stuff, but I was lyrics. Um, and I was really stoked on those. And then there's some other ones that we're doing a lot more like kind of 
passing files back and forth and some are getting weird. I was like chopping up my vocals and doing weird stuff. And, and it's all cool. It's, we're still a little unsure of like what it's going to be in the end. I've thrown a wrench in it with these two sort of pop songs because I just like, I, I still like the pop. When you say that they're chopping <laughs> up your vocals, do you mean like, like dance, like dance tracks? Like he's like, like they're getting choppy with the shit or like they're just taking your shit and chop was, was the wrong verb. It's it was more like, like fucking with them, like, or, or, um, manipulating them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We like fucking with them yeah. too. That's okay. But oh yeah. I think the industry term might be manipulating, but it's, yeah, it's coming together. Um, the band name is, is, is weird, but we, I forget we were in a Facebook messenger. They're like, uh, what should the band name be? How about Criswell? And I was like, brush. And then uh, <laughs> Criswell brushes. Okay, done. So I don't know. We're just going with it. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. It sounds it sounds legit, though. It sounds legit. We want to just, it just needs to sound stuck up, a little snotty. That's perfect. Hey, <laughs> well, you know what? A real, okay, I'm not going <laughs> to. I was going to say, well, if you want to sound snotty, just, you know, ask someone for their ID who you, you totally know. But, um, <laughs> I was setting you up for that. Al's a fucking legend. Al's, Al's a legend. Al. So, uh, you know, no hate there, really. If anything, I want I want more love. There's no hate. Yeah. I just I just want a little bit of love. Do you do you, do you say Chris with a Z I or Chris? I, Chris? I don't know. I actually don't know how to pronounce our band name. I don't. I mean, I, let's say Chris. Is this Chris? Well, okay. Chris. Chris. Okay. The Chris. <laughs> yeah, the I was Chris. saying we could call Don't it Chris call. Chrissy Brushies. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag Hashtag Chrissy Brushies. Hashtag the stew. <laughs> God damn. All right, so I want to play a game with you. I saw this on Facebook. Um, this seems like a fun little thing to do. It's like the make me choose between two things. It's that oh, one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah. So I just I want to fly Let's through these. So I'm gonna be like A or B, and you just be like B, and then I'm gonna be like A or B, and you're gonna be like A. Okay. Are you ready? All right, we're going to fly through these. I got about 11 of them. Are you ready? Mm, mm, I just heard, yeah, mm, you slapped mm, yourself in the mm. face. You ready? Let's do it. Wendy's or Mickey D's? Mickey D's. Mac or PC? Mac. White Claw or Truly? Uh, truly. Star Wars uh, or Star Trek? Star Wars. Cake or pie? Pie. Coke or crack? <laughs> Coke. Whitney or Bobby? <laughs> Whitney. Inside or outside? Outside. Tennis or ping pong? Tennis. Boobs or butt? Mm, butt. <laughs> that was, I don't know how. <laughs> butt. That was tough. I don't know. I went to some guttural place. No, that way. one's tough. That one's tough. Yeah. Um, this one's even tougher. Dick or butthole? <laughs> uh, I love that mic. Can we just back up? I'm sitting with my parents and my dad's like, I'm really looking forward to like listening to this podcast later. So butthole, that's for you, dad. That's for you, pups. Eat it. Okay. Eat it or drink it. <sighs> drink it. It's me. It's Stu. I'm drinking, man. Fuck it or fight it. Fuck it. Love it or leave it? Leave it. 
Dude, that was amazing. That was epic, man. That's gonna be that's gonna be the climax of the episode right there, man. That was that was beautiful. That went exactly how hilarious. I hoped it would. There was no right or wrong answer, by the way. So you're not being yeah. graded. Um, yeah. You did a fantastic job. Hashtag the stew. Mm. So I want to take you back. Um, I didn't really do a great job loading up these pads, but I thought, you know, I want to take I want to take Stu back. So I'm gonna hit you with some sound bites. And I want to see if you remember these and, and if, they, uh, if they make you feel anything. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> All right. And I'm, I'm going to need your, uh, your, your commentary on this, okay? Whatever it makes you feel, anything goes, okay? Here we go. Okay. That new song kind of sucks. <laughs> did, did, were you able to hear what that? Were you able to hear what that? I say, what did I say? That new song sucks or something? That new song kind of sucks. It was something that uh, you. This this was an interview of yours from about ten ten years ago, and you're talking about uh, I guess a girl you were dating at the time who who said this to you, and afterwards you're like, yeah, and I thought that was pretty cool. That new song kind of sucks. Do you remember that? <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm kind of going back. I was gonna laugh. But it was like getting an email from Merge. Like next time you do an interview, don't say that your music sucks. I don't. I thought that I was saying my song sucks. Um, no, somebody else was saying that your new song kind of sucked, but but after that, you say, you know, I, I was, that, I thought that was cool. So okay, it was about a like a girlfriend, cr like criticizing yes. a song. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. What song? Uh, what song was that about? I, I like I remember. I mean, I'm hearing it. I know I said it. I don't remember where. Or Th when this that was, was you on like WRAL, like TV news or something, and you're like <laughs> sitting in a park with like a guy who's like, yeah, man, you know, wow, this is great. Like totally I, like <laughs> reporter type dude, you know. Oh yeah, that dude. Damn, he's like kind of a big deal. He's yeah. been on a bunch of shit. Yeah, um, you actually seemed a little nervous. You actually you held your hands up to to show uh like the little a track that you had been working on. You're like, you know, it was about this big, and I swear, shaking? yes, I swear, I saw your hands shake a little bit that's because I, I didn't sleep that night uh that we played in new york we stayed up late i remember that and i slept in the van because we do that shit like make sure no one broke into it so i slept in the van and got woken up and i remember like remember those like starbucks coffee packets they were like just the powder you like dump it in water <laughs> I, I i use a lot of instant coffee so i'm totally familiar with that kind of shit we had for some reason we had a bunch of those little these little individual packets and i just remember like dumping like three of them into like a a water bottle on the way to interview ABC. See if I had taken my shit a little more seriously back then, I might be on a bigger podcast right now, but that, you know, yeah, that's possible. It's man. All right. I'm glad it's you're right. on. I'm glad you're on <laughs> my, kidding. my little scuzzy one. Um, do you remember, do you remember saying this line? I don't think I'm the only guy in a band who's gone to jail. <laughs> Play this again. Yeah, let me turn it down a little bit. Let me turn it down a little bit. Here we go. I don't think I'm the only guy in a band who's gone to jail. Yeah, I think I was just sick of like answering that question. That was like one of the stupidest things to put that in the bio. We just put too much in there. I mean, I learned that lesson quick. It was like cool, bad boy, and then you're like 35, and everyone wants to interview about going to jail. I don't know. It's, no, you that followed that. You followed that with, um, you know, like yeah, like I'm not trying to say I'm some kind of bad boy. It's just something that happened. And you know, right yeah. before that, you say. I'm not the something along the lines of like I'm not the only guy who's ever had his heart broken and wrote a song about it and like mm -hmm. yeah no shit you know that's like every song I've ever written you know but um I like that well, there you, were some uh, things <laughs> I mean there are some ways where like the like I don't know this whole project did start I feel like from a a pure place and but there was also some things that made it so marketable as that because it was like called the love language and it was like love songs and I get it and then it was just like. 
it bothers me if people think it was like a marketing ploy, you know, or to be like, I'm going to start a project called the love language. That's about me writing love songs. And I can just see how that could be. I would just like, like throw up in my mouth, but it's like, um, yeah, you know, it's, it was just, it happened natural and it is what it was, but that was always like the talking points for so long. I mean, I, so I, I sampled, this is the last thing that I sampled and I don't even know why I did. I just thought it would be like cool for like an intro or something. But do you remember this, uh, K E X P? show that started out like this the the love language all the way from uh, north carolina right that's right <laughs> i love it this is, you've scoured the internet and these are your, your favorites it took me like 15 minutes i didn't try no, that I'm... hard you know the only thing i don't even give a fuck about that but you know what i do want to comment on is that um there's a break and um missy thangs does this her classic <laughs> fucking laugh and you can just hear it hella quietly hear, and i sampled that you ready yeah <laughs> Let's play that a couple more times. Yeah. <laughs> you also get a little bit of you get a little bit of Jordan's. <laughs> Shout out to Jordan McLam. <laughs> I got a little bit of that. That's like. I just got a little less than Jordan. Well, he's got but, a larger, a larger lung uh, situation uh, than you, so it probably a creates larger. Yeah, it just creates a more, a more, um, a deeper, a deeper tone. The deeper the the bigger the. Eh. Eh. <laughs> <laughs>